Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Sports Illustrated's NBA show. Breaking down the latest news, rumors, and everything in between. Here's your host, Chris Mannington, Rohan Nankardi. All right, jumping back on the podcast to react to the big news that broke on Wednesday night. Draymond Green has been suspended by the NBA indefinitely in the aftermath of the quasi-punch that Draymond gave to Yusuf Nurkic in the third quarter of their game in Phoenix on Tuesday night. Mark Medina does a great job covering the NBA, Sports Not, Sports Kita, uh, the Sporting Tribune, every every outlet that's out there right now, Fox Sports Radio, he's all over the place. Um, Mark, this was a surprise because when this happened, my first reaction was a suspension is coming. Uh, I did not expect an indefinite suspension. What the NBA did here, in my eyes, is that they're giving Draymond Green the Ja Morant treatment. This is a Ja Morant-type suspension where the NBA is saying, we're sitting you down, and we're not going to bring you back, or we're not going to let you back until you've kind of figured some things out and we're convinced that this is not going to happen again. So you know, give me your kind of interpretation of the NBA suspending Draymond indefinitely. Yeah, I think my interpretation is pretty much in line with yours. When I saw the replay, I, I knew that obviously a suspension was happening, and I knew that it was going to be longer than the five-game suspension that he had for uh, putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, especially because it was only a few weeks ago. Um, but I thought that uh, because of Draymond's reputation, because of the fact that he's had a handful of these recently and precedent, that I thought it would be seven to ten games. I used apples and oranges, but Metal World Peace gave James Harden a concussion at the end of the 2011-12 season. He got seven games for that, where he clocked him, elbowed him, he got a concussion. So I thought it might have been along those lines. But here, the NBA potentially is drawing a firmer line in the sand because it's indefinite, because of the fact that they're putting in their press release yet once again that part of the punishment had to do with the account of what they said Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts. And they also made it clear that there are uh, bench points that he has to reach. Now, it's not exactly clear what those benchmarks are going to be, but I wouldn't be surprised that it's not only talking with Draymond Green and the Warriors, but 
you know, see if he gets counseling, anger management. Those are things that have been brought up ever since the Jordan pool punch on whether Draymond Green would seriously explore those things. And he would dismiss those. He would, you know, uh, uh, be apologetic somewhat about, you know, obviously his act and he's got to be better th- than this and, and control his emotions. But he always pushed back against any sort of notion that he needed counseling or any kind of therapy to address this kind of behavior. So the history unquestionably plays a role in all this. Uh, I've seen a variety of different numbers out there as far as what Draymond has racked up, but it's more than 170 technical fouls in his career. It's more than 20 flagrant fouls in his career. This season alone, Mark, he has been ejected from three games. It's mid-December, and he's been ejected from three games already. The Warriors' record during games that Draymond has either been suspended for or ejected is 2-8. and eight. And that doesn't even take into account uh, what happened with Jordan Poole during training camp last year, where there was no league suspension, but... In, in a similar way, it was Golden State saying, you know, go away for a while. We'll deal with this. We'll bring you back when we deem it's appropriate. Now, we didn't want to missing any regular season games there, but uh, we've been uh, in this place before. The NBA has got to be really frustrated with all this. I mean, Joe Dumars has to be frustrated with this. Joe Dumars is as close with Draymond Green as he is any player in the NBA right now. They are both... Michiganders. Uh, Joe Dumars has talked at length about how Draymond used to come over to his house when Joe Dumars was a member of the Pistons. Draymond has described Joe Dumars in the past as being a father figure type. Now Joe Dumars, as the Dean of Discipline, has had to mete out some significant punishments from the one game in the playoffs last year to the five games, you know, for putting Rudy Gobert in that chokehold. And now to this indefinite suspension. That sort of speaks to the frustration that the NBA is is feeling right now. I, I don't know. You know, Draymond did his best after the game against Phoenix to do a lot of damage control. He he was out there. He apologized to Yusuf Nurkic. Um, he, he tried to convince people in the room that he was just trying to sell a call. I don't think too many people in the room bought it. Clearly, afterwards, Yusuf Nurkic bought it. And look, don't underestimate the impact of Yusuf Nurkic's statements. Like, if Yusuf Nurkic had gone out and said, Ali, you know, I understand it was a bang-bang play, uh, heat of the moment, sometimes, you know, your arm can go flying. Yusuf Nurkic said Draymond needs help. He went out there and and effectively said that. So I I think that Nurkic's reaction had a lot to do with it. What did you think? Yeah, I think on top of that, the Warriors themselves, they're a team that, look, you can look at through two lens. Maybe uh, they see that the benefits of having Draymond with the championships or some think that he's in it, they've been enabling him all these years. They've uh, clearly changed a tone as well, not just with this latest uh, incident, but with the Gobert um, chokehold. You know, I think a day after, once things settled in, the rhetoric coming out of the Warriors camp was at least, hey, Draymond needs to know how to be available for us on the floor because mm-hmm. we need him. And I think that that was a clear sign that they're starting to get fed up with him too. And even for those that have been defenders of Draymond over the years, not just for his you know obvious defensive talent and his ability to be this really distinguishable playmaker, but this idea that there's always this gray area and you don't want to temper his emotions because then it'll – uh, deny him being able to play at the kind of intensity that makes him great. 
these incidents itself, there are no gray areas. And for someone like Draymond, who has incredible basketball IQ and being able to defend at all five positions, make so many quick decisions on the floor and do things as a playmaker, like he should be able to still apply those kind of concepts quickly in real time with the same things as far as managing his emotions and making decisions on the court so that if we are going to take Draymond at his word, and I don't with this, but if we are going to this idea that he's trying to sell a call, well, you didn't sell it well at all because you clocked someone in the face with a very huge windup. So uh, I think it's gotten to the point, Chris, where he's just running out of excuses. And even for Draymond, it's gone beyond Draymond being Draymond. This is in a whole different stratosphere of an unacceptable behavior. And let's be clear, most people listening to this have seen the play in question by now. That wasn't an egregious foul by Yusuf Nurkic. Yes, he had a fistful of his jersey while Draymond was posting up, but I think the reaction from Draymond had as much to do with Nurkic kicking his ass for most of that game and not what he was experiencing uh, in that moment. Um, so I think that needs to be said. The, the question now is, what do the Warriors do in this situation? Because, look, they just gave Draymond a four-year contract. He's under contract for $100 million over the next four years. But this team is bad. Like, they're now, like, as we speak, two and a half games back of the final play-in spot in the Western Conference. Klay Thompson has deteriorated incredibly quickly. Andrew Wiggins, same boat. He hasn't been anywhere close to the player he's been over the last couple of years. Now you have Draymond out for probably at least 10 games. I'm just speculating there, but I'm going to guess he's gone for at least 10 games. The schedule is pretty tough over the next four. I think they're in Brooklyn, then they've got Boston. Um, so they're in a place where they could be like 10 games under 500 before Draymond is eligible to come back. And this is not the place where Joe Lacob envision this team to be. I mean, they're paying like $400 million for this team this year when you, uh, you know, factor in all the, uh, uh, the, the, the luxury tax penalties. So what, what do the Warriors do here? What's their play now that the league has slapped Draymond with an indefinite suspension? That's the thing, Chris. I'm glad I'm not Joe Lacob or Mike Dunleavy Jr. with making these decisions because I feel they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because the ironic part with this season is that even before Draymond's injury and his different suspensions, they were not good with him or without him. And that's not to say that Draymond hadn't been playing well, uh, especially defensively, but just didn't trickle down enough where they're getting enough wins because Clay's struggles were pervasive. Same thing with Andrew Wiggins. Really outside of Steph Curry, there was no offensive identity in the starting lineup. And then the only other silver lining of this season for the Warriors has been, you know, Chris Paul, he's embracing the six-man role, and he's been good with that. But when you're having such egregious performances in the rest of the starting lineup, you can't make up for it. But does that mean uh, the Warriors blow it up and, and decide to do that? I, I think – since you have well, let, let, let's you let's look with that. that. What, what would that look yeah. like? Like what what would it look like for the Warriors to blow it up? Because not a lot of guys on that team have real value. Like Draymond right now has no value. He's got four years left in his deal. He's a lesser player, and he's going through all this. Clay Thompson, last year of his contract, no real value. Andrew Wiggins, he has less value now than he did in Minnesota, if you can believe that. So 
the only guy with real, well, a couple of guys. I think Moses Moody has value because he looks like he's he's going to be a player. Maybe Kaminga has a little bit of value, um, although I, I don't know who's clamoring to go acquire Jonathan Kaminga. And of course, Steph has the most value because even at 35 years old, he still looks like an MVP caliber player. What, what, I don't even know what blowing it up looks like for Golden yeah. State. You said it perfectly. I mean, uh, obviously, Steph's he's going to be there the rest of his career. But the points that you made about Clay and Draymond, especially, um, even if they are obviously not at their best, Clay from his shooting, Draymond with his behavior, you're not going to get any value because of the market right now with them seeing how they are with the with the Golden State Warriors. And while you know, I do understand that the value that they've had in their career, um, they've certainly had an additional value because they're part of the Warriors ecosystem with what Clay means to step and vice versa, with Draymond means to step to vice versa. So you're not going to not only get something that's not a value, but you're not going to get something that's as good of a fit. And then I, I think the marginal options that you're talking about, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, yeah, I mean, you can try to flip them for some positional veterans, but like, what's that going to do fundamentally? So I think that they're really stuck in purgatory and they just hope that Steph stays healthy, plays at a great level. And at some point clay and Wiggins get out of their slump and Draymond gets his act together. But the problem Chris is even though they've all had a proven track record of being able to do those things, I think in the context of this season, that's asking a lot of things to hit at once that, you know, in this quarter of the season, we just haven't seen them hit on a consistent basis. No, and I'm looking at Clay's numbers right now. Last season, he shot 41% from three. This year, he's down to 34%. Last season, he was 43%, 44% from the field. He's down to 39%. We saw him at the end of that game against Phoenix, riding the bench late in the fourth quarter for maybe the first time ever. I can't recall a time in a competitive game where Clay Thompson has been out of the lineup in favor of, you know, Pajeski, Brandon Pajeski in that lineup, who's really good, by the way, uh, or some of these other young players. I just don't know what the play is for Mike Dunleavy Jr., unless you're going to jettison Steph Curry. You know, the market for Steph Curry is obviously incredibly robust. But what you're saying is, you know, kind of cross your fingers and hope that some of this, some of these guys come together. Well, Clay Thompson is getting up there in age. Draymond Green is getting up there in age. I don't know what's going on with Andrew Wiggins. He's probably the yeah, some of these other guys, I can understand the regression, but Andrew Wiggins confounds me a little bit. Um, I don't know if you can expect any of these guys to turn it around. I think it's just as likely that this regression continues. So then it becomes the question of, do you put Stephen Curry on the table? I can't see it happening. They want this guy to retire as a member of the Warriors. He wants to play for one team his whole career, but you knew that this dynasty or this group was going to have an expiration date. And everything I've seen this season tells me this is the year that their expiration date has come to pass. Yeah. Well, even with how bad this is, like I can't ever see the day that Steph is getting traded with the Warriors. It'll only have to get to the point where he's drawing the line to sand. And I don't think that would ever happen. But as far as what I'm outlining, like as as much of it is, it is a best of bad options of just staying put, I'm talking about leaning the trade deadline, leaning into the next season. Like if this is the continued track, lean into those two benchmark periods, that's when they have to say, you know what, this is the end of this core as we know it. And we do know to your point, Chris, that, you know, all things, good things come to an end, but ideally they had always hoped even during the Kevin Durant years that at some point when 
players are getting older, it would be the San Antonio Spurs route where their expiration dates because their core, core players are all just getting old. And it's a matter of just, you know, buying them time with just getting good positional players, getting some young players that can choose the mix. Their young players haven't yeah. done it. Like the, yeah. their, op their opportunity was to draft young guys that could be way more productive than they are right now. James Wiseman drafting him was catastrophic. You know, didn't seem that way at the time because they were still a successful team, but that was a Darko-esque draft pick. That was catastrophic uh, for that team. Um, you know, Kaminga, Moody, neither one of them has really established themselves as, you know, got cornerstone type players. So, you know, I, I just don't know what to do. And you, you know, look, it, it is sacrilegious to suggest that you trade Steph Curry, but how is this that much different than, you know, where Boston was, you know, years ago when Danny Ainge, Jettison, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. Now, those guys were probably past their, 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 their prime more than Steph Curry, but man, like, this team's not going anywhere. Like, he's got Steph under contract for two more years after this season. Clay, I wouldn't, I'd be probably gone after this year. So I, I would probably at least test the market and see what it is for Steph Curry, either this trade deadline or more likely next summer. Yeah, I suspect that if it ever gets to that point, and if, if it ever does lead that road where they decide to do that, they do that in stages where they, you know, sure. they let Clay leave as a free agent next summer, do some sort of trade before that. Same thing with Draymond. And then if, you know, the options there, it's clearly things aren't going anywhere. That's when they make the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, decision with not having stuff be in a Warriors uniform, the ultimate career. But I, I can't see it ever getting to that point. But I can certainly see it getting to the first stage where we see that Clay and Draymond aren't spending their entire career with the Warriors. So crazy season. And to tie this up in a bow as far as what you're saying about the young guys, really the lone exception, but it is a huge qualifier, is what we saw with Jordan Jordan Poole. Like he showed enough development where he did play a role in that championship season, you know, against Boston. But at the same time, uh, when you weigh everything, it was clearly more about the veterans and leaning on them with Steph and Draymond and, and with Clay. You know, he was, you know, coming off the, uh, the the injury with the ACL and Achilles. So he wasn't the full version of himself. But Andrew Wiggins, he was playing his best basketball at any point of his career. And so the fact that he hasn't been able to do that, it's really been confounding the Warriors because they felt like because they knew his reputation and the, the makeup with Minnesota where he had the pressure of being the number one guy that because he's in a complimentary role, he wouldn't have to have this job description that he has to carry a team. He just has to be a number two, three option on a given night. And that's all that they need from him. And he hasn't even been able to do that this season. No, it's crazy. Um, you know, it, it's been such a great run you know, almost a decade long run where this team's been at the top of the NBA, but it feels over at this point. And Draymond and his issues are kind of just the tipping point uh, for this team. You know, who's sitting pretty right now, probably relieved at least Bob Myers, Bob Myers has to be sitting back going, all right, I, I exited at just the right time. You know, I, I'm probably a $20 million per year general manager. When I take my next job, I'll leave this to Mike Dunleavy and Joe Lacob to, uh, rebuild and, uh, fix this mess in Golden State. All right, check out Mark Medina at The Messenger, Sports Kita, Fox Sports Radio. Mark, always appreciate it, man. Hey, Chris, appreciate you. Always fun talking hoops.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.